Attention. Attention. This is not a test. Your radio station has been taken over by DJ JC of Super Cool Radio. Please remain calm and enjoy the show. Hello, minions, and welcome back to another edition of the Brutal Block here on Super Cool Radio. I am your host, DJ JC, on the ones and twos, and today we are bringing you another awesome interview. With this interview, it's a band that's been on the show a few times, and they even helped us start the React channel. When I first heard these guys, the React channel wasn't even a thing, and I said, you know what? I'm going to start a React channel. They came out a little later in our YouTube lineup, but they are vastly becoming one of my favorite bands they are on a lot of my playlists and i listen to them a lot and they just dropped a new album so without further ado i give you source
Hey, what's up, fellas? How y'all doing today? Good. How are you, man? I'm doing awesome. I'm super excited to have you guys here. I'm glad you guys are making your way finally here on Brutal Block to have a discussion with me today. Before we get started, I want to introduce you guys to the minions. Benjamin, we have playing guitar, and on drums, we have Justin. The only guy we're missing today is the bass player, which is, what was his name again? Pascal. Pascal. Awesome. See, you, not only do you have a bass player who's a very unique bass player on the bass, but he has a unique name. I like that. It's important, you know. We're trying to we're trying to make playing bass sexy again. Awesome. Well, he's doing a great job, and you guys as a band are doing a great job. It was one of the things that I, I kind of was cheerleading the most, I think, on, on when I was doing a react to you guys. Um, I just I love his bass tone, and I love how you guys are together. So, with that being said, let's get into it. You guys just recently dropped your fourth studio album called Emerge, and I'd like to talk about that album a little bit. So what can fans expect from this album that is different from the previous ones? Yeah, so Emergence is um, the most collaborative album we've ever done. It's also the first album we've done with Pascal. There's been a lot of rotating members over the years. Justin's been in the band longer than anybody except me. Um, And Pascal joined two years ago, and he just brought an element of creativity that we haven't had before because we were always trying to find the missing link, you know, like once I started working with Justin, I was like, all right, well, this is clearly like the right drummer. And we, you know, we have such a shared vision musically. And then we just had a really hard time finding a bass player that vibed with us the same way and wanted to do, make the same kind of music we do. And so once Pascal came in, you know, he's bringing all these ideas that really sparked a lot of creativity for both of us. And we just we just decided, you know, I've, I've run out of ideas on my own and I think I have an easier time coming up with stuff to other things now. Like Bitter, Bitter I wrote the main riff to Justin's drum part. Like Justin just started playing it and I sat there for like, you know, 15 minutes while he's like, you know, sweating, looping his drum loop. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna get a riff out of this, man. There's something in here. <laughs> And um, so, yeah, it's super collaborative. It's also the first part, well, kind of the second part of a three-part album, conceptually. Um, I think Ethereal Self really is sort of the first part of this concept. And Ethereal Self ends with the songs Larva and Pupa, and Emergence is the next phase and final phase of the transformation of going from a larva into an elated, winged insect. Um, So there's kind of there's some heady, you know, scientific slash uh, psychological metaphors in that. So, um, yeah, it's it's full of good stuff. And uh, it's kind of setting the scene for the last uh, album of this uh, concept anyways, which will be called Resurgence. And we'll put that out in a couple of years. We have, yeah, we started working on it already. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's we, like, we just released this one. We're focused on that one right now. <laughs> yeah. We have started the writing process, but... It kind of takes a while for us sometimes, so. And then you throw tours in the mix, and it just sort of, like, we toured in the middle. We, re- we recorded, like, we recorded the song Emergence uh, in 2021, right? Or beginning of 2022? Yeah. And then, yeah, and then we toured for, like, a year and put that out as a single with Crack in the Shell uh, and Emergence and Crack in the Shell. We, I think that was one. And then we recorded the rest of the album this winter in February. And then we toured like right after we finished recording and it really sort of 
just changing gears like that's really hard. So, mm-hmm. um, especially because we're doing all the mixing ourselves. Yeah. So, oh wow, nice. Like, to record it, leave for tour, and come back, and then try to get into the mixing stage was a bit strange. It's tough. Um, and it was like kind of weird changing headspaces like that. You lose like you lose track of a lot of the stuff that you were like, oh, I need to do this, and I'm gonna, I'm planning on doing this. You know, it's yeah. like it's you, you just sort of lose track of that because when you're on tour, it's just a as a whole other thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
listening to the smooth sounds of God no longer keeps America safe. America's doomed. The seeds have got people eating their babies and their small children and each other. You're gonna eat your babies. And any preacher preaching in any other way is a lying, hell-bound, false prophet.
were you guys always in the market to be a concept band or is that just how y'all's writing style kind of developed across the albums like did y'all have a full storyboard of like this is going to be the plan um because i i personally love concept albums so i love that you guys are doing that yeah i mean i think every album has a concept i don't know i didn't storyboard anything by any means but i do think every album sort of has a concept and and Maybe a theme is the better It is a word. theme, yeah. I, I'm getting more conceptual, so like, I'm already working on ideas for the albums after the next one because I have just too many ideas. And part of the reason we split Emergence into two albums is because I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't able to get all of the concepts on this album that I wanted to be able to finish the story. So I had all, I have most of the lyrics kind of blocked out for the next album and then i'm already like oh i want to tell these stories so i have in my phone i just have like you know ideas of like this you know this concept and throw it just anytime something fits the bill for that i just throw it in there and then once we actually have music for everything then i start deleting stuff and making it into you know song lyrics right nice um it's becoming more conceptual for sure Thank you. 
I love that it's a three-piece because it, it, you guys fit really well. Now, I did mention in my video, for those that haven't seen it, that I would love to see a fourth guitar player with that. Um, so that's my next question as far as recording is concerned. I know you guys are not hip to that idea, but when you record the, and track the guitars, is it just one guitar or do you layer to kind of add a little bit more of that that girth or depth or is that completely reliant on the on the bass and, and the drums to give it that real low end? I would say 99 to 100 percent of music in our genre is going to have double tracked guitars in the studio mm -hmm. um that's become industry standard since like nirvana i'm pretty sure if um not if not before that uh, yeah smashing pumpkins maybe there's some argument about that right yeah um <laughs> and so yeah i mean all of like there are some parts that are single tracked like the lead parts are single tracked mm -hmm. but there's also lead parts that are triple tracked so like i'll have a main center guitar and then i'll have stereo guitars left and right that are like not as loud or vice versa you know like some parts i'm playing like there's a part in a path out where i'm like playing a big power chord and then doing a line over the top of it and i didn't feel like the articulation was there for a studio setting so i basically double tracked it and panned it hard and then i just played the lead line and put it in the center and kind of turned it up a little bit so you have you get the articulation and you still get the power of like the big power chords and stuff so um, yeah, we do a lot of stuff like that, and most of it, I think, is just to sort of um, really be able to get the stuff we do live to translate in a studio setting. I think a lot of the stuff that I do live, it's, it makes more sense, like when you hear it in person versus when you're in this very uh, sterile like studio environment, which our, our studio environment's way less sterile than most. Like We use actual real guitar amps. And, Instead nice. of like the bands, the metal bands you're talking about, you're like, oh, who can chug the hardest? And I'm like, who can amp sim the thinnest? That's, <laughs> that's what I think about modern metal these days. Um, but as far as a lead guitarist, when I first started the band, I thought I wanted a lead guitarist because I was not a guitar player. And I just sort of picked like most of the first album I wrote within the first year of playing guitar. Oh, wow. Um, I was a piano player, so I, I, I'm a musician. So oh, okay. it was, yeah, I knew music. I was just trying to figure it out on guitar. And then we find we just we sifted through like ten different guitarists, and some were pretty good, some were not so good. And then we found this one guy where I was just like, dude, this guy, he's playing everything I hear in my head. And we had been playing as a three-piece for long enough where I realized that it absolutely ruined everything we had going for us. And it just made us sound generic and boring. And the thing that makes Source so powerful is it is a three-piece. And as soon as you start putting that extra guitar in there, the space for what's going on on the bass just disappears. And so so all that gets buried and you start to lose this really unique and awesome element of what our sound is, which is just heavy ass bass, you know, and like really in your face, technical, uh, really great bass playing, you know? And I think that's, I think that's a huge part of what makes us who we are and, and like we do you had mentioned having a keyboard player i am a keyboard player I'm, a, I'm more of a piano like i was trained as a piano player and went to school for uh composition on piano and so there's a lot of piano parts and a lot of keyboard parts in this stuff and we put those in our in our backing tracks because we don't want to bring a keyboard player to come play three chords on one song you know it doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah we'll never put electric guitars at least distorted electric guitars in tracks so like any solos, you know, we're relying on drums and bass to carry the, the chord progression and that sec th those sections like yeah. that. Well, like bitter, this is the guitar solo on bitter. It's one of the 
two times. It's one of the two times in all of Source where there's actually leads happening over a rhythm guitar track. That's like a distorted rhythm guitar track. And we knew we didn't want to put that in the backing tracks when we played live. But if we played without anything in there, it sounded pretty empty. So we went down to our favorite studio and tracked some Hammond B3. And it sounds friggin' incredible. And it just makes the vibe of the song so much more like, ah, just, you know, it, 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 it accesses like that 70s, like psychedelic vibe that I think when you blend that with what we're doing already, it really uh, just sort of ties it all together in a really nice way. So when we play it live, we don't have the rhythm guitars, but we have the organ and we have some synth stuff and it's totally full and it feels great and it's, it's awesome. And it's me playing the organ, right? And Justin hitting the, uh, the uh, Leslie speed button. <laughs> if you listen very closely, if you listen very closely, you can hear a little clicking and that's Justin hitting the speed of the Leslie speakers. Yeah. <laughs>
I hope you guys are enjoying this interview with Source so far. These guys were an awesome interview and I had a lot of fun doing it. And I can't wait to do another interview with these guys in the future. But I just wanted to stop here for a second and let you guys know that we do have a Facebook. And if you're in a band or you're a minion that want to share bands that you think we should be listening to, then head on over to Facebook and search Brutal Block, hosted by DJJC. And let us know, join the community, and let us know that it's the quickest way to get your music here on Brutal Block. We are also looking for interviews, so if you're listening to this and you're in a band and you have something awesome coming up that you want to promote and you want to do an interview with me, DJJC, then don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can email me at brutalblock at gmail.com. That's brutalblock at gmail.com. Now, let's get back. Well, I'm glad you guys are able to make it work with three piece again because you guys are solid. And um, yeah, from when I when I first watched it, I didn't know much about you guys at, at the time, and it was just kind of an opinion that I had. But now being able to talk to you guys, seeing how y'all are able to pull it off and sound so big, that, that's awesome, man. Now, if a fan was to, if you were to give, and this question's for both of y'all, if you were to give your new album Emergence to a fan, um, and they never heard you guys before. What's the one track off that album that you would tell them to go directly to and listen to first? I mean, honestly, like the one that's the major crowd pleaser and just like, I don't know, it just sets the tone and it gets everybody like ready for what we're doing is cracking the shell. Like we've never really done anything like that. Uh, the, the thickness of all the vocal harmonies and just like the melodic modulations and all this stuff. Like, plus like Justin's, you know, playing this really sweet, um, lying on his uh, drum sample pad, um, like we're we're just doing like so much cool shit on that song, and it's not like it's not like oh this is what Source sounds like, but it's one of those things where it's like I I would have a hard time finding somebody who didn't enjoy that two minute uh, little eargasm, you know. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I'd probably say Vesica. Um, that one seems to be both polarizing but also i think it's kind of some of the best like i don't know i mean i every song off emergence is great i love the whole album i've been bumping it in my car all the time (laughs) um but vesica just there's something about it it's it's like polarizing but it's got that cool like jam section um the album version's a little different it has like an extra rotation on the guitar solo and we added a cool little acoustic guitar intro to it oh nice Um, and that one just uh, uh yeah, I don't know. There's something about that song that just really, um, it's just, I don't know. It's kind of like what I think of the epitome of Source being kind of. And everybody gets a chance to shine on that song. Like, even though your drum part in the verse isn't, like, the most, like, complicated thing, it's like you and Pascal are just throwing down. You yeah. Know? Like, and then I get to have some crazy guitar solo, and you have, you know, what you're doing behind my guitar solo is sick as fuck, and... Yeah, there's just so much, plus the melodic content, all the different little vocal pieces. Like, that song came together really cool. Yeah, super cool.
Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Matthew Thomas, the creator of Super Cool Radio here. You are rocking out with DJ JC and the Brutal Block.
how do you guys feel about the tool reference that you guys get all the time? Because me personally, I hear it, but I think that there's also a lot of bands that you pull from. Like I mentioned in, in the solo section, you know, there's there's a, a huge Pink Floyd reference. Um, so sure. how do you feel about people that that say it's just a, a tool, a tool band? Well, to 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 get to set the scene, uh, last Tuesday, two weeks ago, we went and saw Tool in Loveland, Colorado. Then last week, Wednesday. We were in Moab because we were gonna go see Tool in Salt Lake City. And we woke up and went to a coffee shop and bought tickets to two nights at Madison Square Garden and then went and saw Tool in Salt Lake City. So we're massive Tool fans. And it's it's a fair, it like obviously like, yes, like there is influence. Um, people who say we sound exactly like Tool probably either don't listen, most likely they probably don't listen to Tool. Because the people who are really big Tool fans are going to be like, yeah, you know, I can hear this and that. And, like, that could be a part of a Tool song, maybe. But, like, there's so much else. You know, there's just Mm -hmm. so much else. And I think Tool is one of those bands that's so unique. I've said this before. Like, their sound is so unique. And a lot of people have tried to mimic it. Chevelle's a perfect example. Um, And I think it's one of those things that, like, if somebody hears something that sounds remotely like Tool their brain just like doesn't have any other reference points so they're like oh it's tool oh it sounds like a tool and for some people that's a great thing you know and other people it's like oh it sounds like a tool you guys are nah. and i you know whatever that's that's their that's like your opinion <laughs> um, but it is nice to it is nice to hear people say hey we don't sound like tool and um they can hear all the other stuff because it feels like when you, when people boil it down to just tool like they're missing all this stuff. Like there's so much stuff we do with Tool that never, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes us really cool. And I still think like we play the same genre of music. Not many people really play that genre of music, whatever it is. From my perspective, first of all, it's pretty flattering because Tool is probably one of the that's greatest bands cool. right now. So um, that's incredibly flattering to be compared to them for sure. But like Ben said, like there's a lot more influences in there. Um, honestly, I mean, Tool was a big influence when I started playing drums, but I haven't, I don't listen to a whole lot of Tool that much anymore. Like, there's a lot of other things. I have to support a lot of jazz, you know, funk. Um, so it's like, there's a lot of different influences there. Um, but I mean, just Danny's a great drummer and it's hard not to be influenced by his greatness. So that's, that's my take on that. Go listen to Mastodon. Go listen yeah. to Opeth. Go listen to Between the Verity. Like, these bands like have shaped all all of us like as much as Tool, maybe not as much as Tool, but, but almost as much as Tool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Between the Bear and Me has changed my whole perspective on music. You know? Oh wow, really? Oh god, yeah. dude. I, yeah, I mean, like, who comes up with that shit? Like, honestly, <laughs> like, like, if I had a time machine, I, I I play this game in my head. Like, if I had a time machine, what's the first thing I would do with it? And I used to think like, oh, I would go to this show, I'd go see Bob Marley and fucking Kingston or like whatever, you know. But then I realized the thing to do is to go back in time, take Frank Zappa, and then bring him forward in time to a Between the Bear and Me show. And that dude <laughs> would fucking lose his mind if he heard that band, man. Like, they're insane. They're the best. Like, so, yeah, I just think people who hear just Tool, and or maybe they've listened to Deftones and, like, Incubus, and they'll be like, oh, maybe a little Deftones, maybe a little Incubus. Like, no, go listen to, like, some real prog metal rock, you know? Like, mm. Is it like, dude, Mastodon like is is as influential on Source as anything? You know? 
So I think check that shit out.
Source, how did you guys come up with the band name? Ah, that's a long story. I (laughs) got involved in the cult. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, it's that guru rock star thing. Um, It's, yeah, I don't know. I I came up with it because I like the word, and I think it uh, boils a lot of my own beliefs and intentions for my art down into just like the word. I could get like really heady on it if you wanted to, but I don't know. I don't know if you need the bolder uh, woke schooling right now. You're like all one man. (laughs) Well, how about this? We'll we'll have to do a a separate episode one time where we just let you go, and that will be the episode. We'll do the origin of the source name. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll be drawing on my Shavasana coaching skill. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, I think the short answer, like I say at the beginning of every show, I say we are Source and so are you. And I think I want um, to be, I want to be a force for uh, helping people look at the way they're connected to everything and how, you know, they're fundamentally no different from anyone else. Yeah, um, so that's that's the hope.
I always have the best ideas when I'm in the shower. So for y'all, where's where's y'all's inspiration? <laughs> His yeah. is the bathtub yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, dude, I was stoned at like two in the morning, and I came up with this great idea. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, someone needs to come up with like a a waterproof guitar and amp that you could just have in the shower <laughs> and just bust it out when you need to. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad idea. Definitely not a bad idea. <laughs> Justin, what about you? Um. For me, again, I don't know if it's weird, but just like hikes and walking around or like often um, I've come up with pretty cool guitar riffs and things when I'm camping. I usually like to bring a guitar when I go camping. And so yeah, I've had a lot of inspiration out in nature. Usually. Nice. That's actually, yeah, I don't, I don't view that as a weird place. That's definitely a cool spot to, to just being out there in the elements and just, yeah. I, I could see. I need to try that. I need to go on some hikes. <laughs> the, the weirdest place is in the sixth dimension, man. <laughs> <laughs> Come well, up with the sixth dimension. You're gonna have a good time. <laughs> have you guys ever tried DMT? <laughs> <laughs> Don't go anywhere. There is more brutal block right after this. Don't forget, minions. We do have merch on sale. So you can let the world know that you listen to the best metal show in the world and that you are a minion on the block. Head on over to Threadless.com and get one of the three designs today. We'll have a link down in the description. This is the This is, this is, I'm, I'm interested in knowing y'all's answer to this because earlier you guys mentioned that y'all do record I hate to say it, but the old school way, uh, you guys use actual drums, you use actual uh, amps. So this no question, either. no auto tune, except for the first album, because somebody fucking forced me to do that. Uh, there's <laughs> no auto tune on the vocals. Very nice. Big. <laughs> so how has the evolution of the industry uh, either helped or hindered you guys um, and not just in the recording aspect but you know labels aren't really as important as they used to be with social media and the internet being the way it is so how has the evolution of industry either helped or hindered you guys it's done both and you know as as it becomes more helpful it also becomes more ridiculous um, I think it's just like that, that paradigm is always going to be there um as far as just technology goes, you know, we were able to, I mean, we spend a good amount of money on gear, but like compared to what you'd have to spend, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, it's really minimal. Uh, yeah. And we can make something that like, I mean, you had no idea we made it, right? Like you, you listen to it and you're like, oh, these guys must've gone to a nice studio. It sounds real good. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, re- I mean, our studio is like nice, but it's just it's just our little like garage. You know, uh, it's more than just a garage, but it's it's not like you know, it's not some big fancy studio with all the glass and leather couches and all of that. Um, and so, I think the the entry point for being able to make quality recordings has gotten pretty low financially, which is great. Um, and it also means that like everybody thinks they can do it themselves now and they're wrong you know some of them are wrong some of them can't do it themselves and some of them can't you know Mm -hmm. and ultimately like people can make something sound good enough where like the average person's like ah i'm listening to the music and they don't think about 
oh, the something sounds weird. You know, like that, mm-hmm. that, that's that's all that really matters at the end of the day. But then yeah. you you get into like the real nerd stuff where it's like you want your album to sound almost as good as something that was like recorded to tape. You know, like that's that's gonna start. That's a lot harder. Um, <laughs> And, you know, obviously we can't record a tape because tape itself is like... I have no idea, but it's expensive. Very, thousands. very expensive. It's so expensive. Um, and It'd be cool, though. <laughs> Definitely be cool. It's it's a, it's a whole separate challenge. I watched one of my favorite producers, Jordan Valeriat, did a, a video on um, the difference between tape and digital. And so he took uh, one of my buddies, Nathan Bula, and uh, went to a studio with tape they recorded it they, and they split it so they had tape and then they had identical copy in Pro Tools. And there's definitely some like magic in there. I mean, is it worth the money and struggle? Because like you, you have to have a separate tape op engineer that just sits there and make sure make sure the tape machine's running correctly because there's oh, wow. all sorts of things. Speed of it, if the tape drifts like up and down on the reels, like there's all sorts of adjustments. Those things have to be in tip top shape. So like the expense, I mean, you're paying for another person to be there and then all the tape. So it's just expensive, like a hassle. So is it worth that hassle? You know, probably not anymore. I mean, we, we have some uh, Neve tape emulator, um, little 500 series gear that, you know, is pretty nice and kind of gets you there to, the, to a degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, um, yeah, t- technology t- t- Tape is for for those for those bands that have the fuck you money that just do it for the the label. We did it on tape. <laughs> oh, like yeah, I, there's so many bands. I mean, Tool is a perfect example where like their last album um, was paid for by the record label because it was a deal that was made almost 20 years ago. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but you know, they're never going to see a dime from that. Would be my guess um, because maybe I, I have no idea what they're labels or deals are structured like but um yeah i mean if i were them i would take as much money as i could from the record label just just out of spite of nothing else <laughs> but i can guarantee you i can guarantee you joe breezy got paid 100 grand for that album at least you know and he's getting points on it too right yeah so um that yeah but but the so so yes the technology makes it so that bands like us can record ourselves and like we're also students of of recording and you know we we study everything all the time we're always trying to improve our knowledge and our skill set um so i think that's you know if you're going to start diving into this you think like oh well source can do it we can do it too it's it's a lot of it's a lot of learning you know and like our last album didn't sound as good as this one um we did that all ourselves um but i think it still sounds good and this one sounds really good and um i think it's i think it's fun to have to you know have a learning um, but as far as the way that you know things have uh, started to hurt us, as the way the music industry is shifting is like, um, obviously Spotify sucks, um, and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's an argument that like uh, people found have found out about us through Spotify that would have found out about us otherwise. But I, I don't think that that's really the case. Like, whatever whatever avenues are available for discovering new art, like. You, if somebody wants to find new art, they're gonna find it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and art finds a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, uh, I mean, even with just YouTube, you can you can trigger your algorithm to 
to give you the things that you want to look for. I have a, a YouTube channel that's directly for discovering other bands, and my algorithm doesn't fill me on that. It, it, it now throws me nothing but bands that I've never heard of in my recommendation. So, <laughs> yeah. So I think you know. I think obviously the Spotify, the streaming model is not going to last very long. Um, I was not aware until recently that Spotify loses hundreds of millions of dollars every year. Um, so, who you know, nobody's making money. Cool. Let's maybe <laughs> like change something. Um, something will change. Uh, it's not going to keep going like this, and that's good. Um, I think. I think the big thing is, you know, we're already seeing a movement back towards physical, uh, co- mm-hmm. physical copies of stuff, especially with vinyl. But I really do think uh, people need to get back into CDs and people need to get CD players and they need to start putting CD players back in cards and stuff because it is so much higher quality. Bluetooth sounds like absolute garbage. Everything above like 3K starts getting weird uh, once you start connecting with Bluetooth. Not to mention streaming. You're streaming low-quality MP3s most of the time. Apple, Tidal, um, those kind of things are better. But if I were you and you were wanting to like check out a band's album, yeah, go to Bandcamp and you purchase the files, and you're going to get studio-quality masters that are you know CD quality, and that's what like, CD quality is the absolute best quality. Like mm-hmm. uh, people can say vinyl sounds better, and I and I understand the aesthetic of of why vinyl sounds great, and I have a huge vinyl collection. I don't listen to it very much because it's ultimately kind of a shitty media because it doesn't last very long. It just mm-hmm. doesn't hold up to the elements. Like the shit warps, it gets scratched and melts. Like the sun, you know, beams down on it from a skylight, and there goes your copy of Revolver. You know, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really do believe that CDs are the best, and I believe that you know, as as artists, we need to be able to have something that we can sell people that is physical that we put our lyrics in that we you know give all of our album credit you know like people where like where are people going to see the credits for who did all this shit you know like yeah it's so important not to mention like we need to have uh, a a platform for the the collaboration between music and visual art and that has been a thing for 70 years you know like Mm -hmm. and I think we're just considered dinosaurs in that thinking, though, because I I 100% agree with you. Like, I I love buying an album and going through the book and looking at the book and looking at the art, reading the lyrics, seeing who was on it. Like, it's cool to go and look at albums when you see somebody from another band or another producer on an album that you were like, oh, shit, I didn't even know that person was on this record. Like, that's awesome. (laughs) I don't think we're the only ones, man. And I I really do think, like, maybe kids these days, is these Gen Zers with their weird lingo? Um, <laughs> don't, they might they just probably don't know what they're missing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think as an industry, we should be trying to push. And you know, it's funny we still sell CDs. Like I got 300 CDs printed, and I know we're going to sell a lot of CDs on this next tour. And we've had so many people ask us for a CD. Like, do you have a CD with these songs on it? And we're like, not yet, but we will soon. You know, now we do. And um, <laughs> So, you know, I think I think the younger crowd, it just doesn't really know what they're missing. And uh, there is something very, very satisfying about, you know, like when you get an album, especially something like a Tool record or a Pink Floyd record, where they actually put a lot of effort into making it. The whole, you know, opening the package, getting the CD out, looking at the whole thing, real experience. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, I don't think that's, it's, 
it's not going away because people, you know, like vinyl sales have gone up by, you know, an insane amount over the past few years. So even cassettes are making that. a re- resurgence. I've been seeing bands coming out with cassettes lately. It's I don't have I've anything I can play it on, but I've been seeing bands do that recently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a whole thing, man. So, um, yeah, I think uh, the other the other ways that the growth or change of the music industry is hurting people is that like there is there is this weird uh, death grip that the record industry is just sort of like clinging on to their sense of like value, which mm-hmm. is totally like uh, delusional. And yep. Uh, it, but but they do this thing where they still convince people that they're needed for some reason and people still make their art in accordance to what the record industry says it should be and we're so far beyond that but so many people haven't figured that out yet mm-hmm. and i think the, the the these labels that are you know clinging on to their um, sense of value and really they're pretty fucking worthless um, it uh, it doesn't help upcoming artists by any means because I think it gives them this idea that they have to be this thing that they're not, and ultimately, like what what we have in front of us and what some people are uh, take you know taking charge and, and actually using the platforms is a is a real place to express yourself freely, and there's so many bands that have real followings that probably wouldn't have made it 20 years ago. And um, that's because they're like, I am going to make something new and different. And I have a platform to share that with people. And then like they can make real careers out of it. And most people that you talk to at the supermarket have never heard of it. And I think if more people focused on trying to express themselves and make good art, uh, as opposed to trying to fit some mold of what they think is going to become a record deal that's just going to use them a bunch of money. Um, I think that's a huge step in the right direction if you can get people thinking about it. Yeah. Um, the other big thing for me is uh, the touring aspect of it too, and like uh, merch cuts and venues. Like we saw Live Nation do this, you know, supposedly good thing about giving bands back money with their was it on the roads campaign or something um but really it's kind of a disguised or potentially a very disguised veil of trying to um destroy all the independent venues out there that really are supporting artists and aren't you know i don't know live nation is is does a lot of very bad things um i don't trust them so i don't know if if we could get around some of that the ticketing merch cuts like live nation not only owns venues and the ticketing, but they also own lots of merchandising companies. So bands are potentially buying their merch from Live Nation. And then when they go to a Live Nation venue and play, they're then paying Live Nation to sell their Live Nation owned merch back. It's like the most ridiculous monopoly ever. And um, yeah, it's figuring out a way around that as well for touring artists, especially the smaller touring artists like us. Um, that would be huge because um, it's it's challenging. It's uh, it's rough to, to try to make it out there and, and be yeah. Keep keep it going.
Now, this is kind of an old question because we, we've kind of pulled away from it. But 2020, we were hit with COVID. And then right after that, we started getting hit with really high gas prices. And we're kind of seeing it somewhat drop, but not really, um, I guess, depending on where you live. But how has COVID and the gas prices kind of um, affected Source as a touring band? Massive. Yeah, yeah, we it was it was huge. We were basically about to walk out the door to South by Southwest that March. And, and then our booking agent at the time was just like, Sorry guys, everything shut down. In fact, he's not even a booking agent anymore. He's he's like oh, wow. a teacher, and I mean, he still plays drums in a band. But yeah, um, so so that was big, and then um, just a huge momentum kill because once things did kind of come back, it was only like the bigger bands and things like that. So like they kind of had to step down to smaller venues because the number restrictions and all that. So it just kind of pushed everyone down a peg almost. Um, and bands like us were basically just, you know, non-existent to the industry to some degree. Um, yeah. At the bottom of the list. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so we finally kind of figured out our flow a little bit here and are getting back going. Um, but yeah, it's, it, was, it was a huge hit for us. So did yeah, it feel like have, you almost had to kind of claw your way back up then? Like, did it feel like y'all had to start over, basically? Yep. Exactly. Oh, man. That sucks. Yeah, and actually... A lot of a lot of uh, the lyrical content for emergence is like you know directly referencing all of the hardships and just like the despair of having all that hard work just get completely robbed from us. You know? Damn. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel for bands. I wasn't I wasn't active at that time. I was just working a dead end job. Uh, having to deal with cust- crazy customers buying a shit ton of toilet paper. Um, they had to deal but, with customer service stuff too. I was Man, people got so mean. People just mm-hmm. so mean. And yeah, and that's that's also like a lot of what the lyrical content for Emergence uh, is, you know, referencing. Well, I'm glad Source was able to push through. Um, I know a lot of bands didn't make it uh, and a lot of businesses didn't make it. So to see Source still coming on strong and being able to release a new album is definitely a win. Um, But what do you guys do outside of music? Do you guys have any hobbies? Do you guys... uh, I mean, and and, and I do consider cooking as a hobby if if you are a foodie. uh, But what kind of hobbies do you guys do? Um... I, uh, I, I mean, it's kind of a job, but I really enjoy mixing bands. I, I do live sound mixing. Um, also, you know, mixing in the studio, too. Um, We're working on a project with our friends called Triune right now. Yeah, they're Oh, awesome. nice. Really sick. Really dope music. Um, yeah, so I, I do that. I really enjoy that. Um, I like hiking, and um, I haven't done it in a while, but I love soccer. Um, I used to play a lot of soccer um, growing up, and... Yeah, it's, I don't know, music's kind of the main thing for me. Like His, his other main hobby is making up really strange songs. About it. For sure, yeah. These are really weird. <laughs> <laughs> what is he singing about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I respect that. I, I lost my, my best friend, my, my pup. Uh, I had her for 16 years. I got her when I was 15. And I lost her in 2019, so I definitely feel that. And, and I think about her every day, and I got pictures all through my 
my apartment of her still and it's crazy because yeah. my my seven-year-old um still remembers her and she passed away when my daughter was like i think four or five and she still because i think it's also because we have pictures of my dog everywhere she's always bringing oh that's my baby girl the the, the part that sucks is her name was corona um oh, and she she passed away in 2019 so the family joke is that 2020 she came back with a vengeance oh my god <laughs> Jeez, wow. man that's brutal <laughs> um you gonna get another dog dude you got that's like you gotta get another dog it's well like how you i do. have I have a uh, a fourteen year old Pitbull pointer mix. Uh, he okay. was de- he he got depressed uh, too. He's kind of never really been the same since she passed away. That was basically like his mama, um, but he's still kicking. And then I needed some time to kind of um, say my goodbyes to her. So I just recently got a Doberman that we got him last year. He's a year old. Um, a friend couldn't you, keep him. How do you oh, he's the goofiest dog. He's slowly pushing a hundred pounds. He's he's a big boy. Um, and he's built like a horse, but uh, he's goofy. He still trips over his feet. So, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have a friend uh, that we stay with when we're in Pennsylvania. And he's got uh, Dolby and that thing is like, yeah, clumsy and sweet and God, chonky. You know, just the, the mm-hmm. thick, thick Dobies, man. Yeah. yeah, mine's a thick boy as well. But he's gotten out of the family. Um, he was technically spo- technically supposed to be my wife's dog. Um, but he has slowly become my son. My son's four. That's his buddy. They yeah. sit there and they watch TV together. My son, every time I go out there, my, my mom, when she comes over, she used to be afraid at first because she'd be like, I don't want him to hurt him. But I'm like, mom, look, like they're watching TV and my son's like on, on his head and he's got his butt like on top of my, my Dobie's neck and he, he rubs his nose. He grabs his nose and rubs it like this and the Dobie just falls asleep. So, I mean, he crawls all over him. They wrestle and then I play with him really rough, but I had to show my mom one day he was actually playing with my son and he was very gentle. He was just nipping, but he was he wouldn't bite down or anything. And my son's sitting there smacking him in the face and he's yeah. chasing him and they're running and he knows not to be very, very aggressive towards my son. And actually, my mom's the only one that can walk him properly. I think he's something about my mom being 70 and him knowing she's old. He doesn't pull as, as much as he does with me. <laughs> <laughs> but I got off a of topic. What are some of your hobbies, man? What, uh, what, what do you like to do outside of music? Yeah, um, I don't have much time for that, but uh, I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I got a black belt. Nice. Um, and so I, I try and go three, four days a week if I can. That's all the time. And then I, my, I do a lot of like self-care. I love using flotation tanks. Try and do yoga uh, when I have the time. Uh, take a lot of baths, you know. Taking baths is the shit. But have Obviously, you tried DMT on in the bath? <laughs> well, I, I personally would prefer to not drown. Uh, I used to I used to own a flotation tank center, and people used to ask if I'd smoke DMT in the, in the flotation tank. I'm like. That's about the last place anybody should be doing really hard psychedelic like, drugs, man. Like, you're gonna drown, dude. Like, <laughs> you need to be like aware of your surroundings. <laughs> That's so, funny. I, yeah, but um, yeah, cooking. I spend a lot of time with my partner and my animals, and, um, but I'm mostly just like obsessed. I have really obsessive tendencies around music. Star Wars. And, and, lights. <laughs> and Star Wars. Star Wars is the shit, man. Star Trek. 
Nice. Yeah, there's no, there's no war between Star Wars and Star Trek. They're both great, in our opinion. <laughs> well, if you guys ever go on tour with Envision, those boys are Star Wars fanatics. So definitely talk with them Star Wars all day, every day. <laughs> <Into that. laughs> and also, congratulations on your black belt, man. I um, I need to get back into it. I was doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for a while. I actually got into it because I was getting my daughter into it because um, she is a spunky little shithead and she don't take crap from nobody so i wanted to kind of channel that into something productive um sounds good. Sounds great. and i also got into it because i've kind of become really health conscious now that i'm 35 uh, my glucose numbers got really bad uh, i was pre-hypertension and all that stuff and i was able to to fend that off so
Before we get into the game, I would like you guys to promote a band because, again, Brutal Block is all about promoting bands that Armenians probably haven't heard of in hopes that they get added to their normal playlists. So if you guys could each promote a band and then we will get into our game. Yeah, that's so hard. I want to promote all my friends. Well, we already kind of said trying. We already right? said trying. I'm not going to promote. So Patema, our buddy Jaden and Patema. Patema. God damn it, so many bands, dude. <laughs> yeah, Patema's really good. I mean, I was only thinking local, too. There's so many other bands. The, the Borderline, like one of the fucking best yeah. bands. They're like pop punk, totally different than us, but they're awesome dudes. Great uh, songwriters. A Millennial in Wisconsin. Homies. Yeah. There's so many. Infinite Cathedral, the homies in Omaha. Uh, they're coming out to play. Sovereignty. Album. So many good bands. There's so, so many, many good, good bands. bands. We, we get to play with a lot of good bands. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the best part about being an independent touring band. Yeah. That's awesome. Hell yeah. yeah. And I'm sure we'll find a bunch more on this tour. I I was yeah. reaching out to a lot of bands, and a lot of them seem really cool. So uh, The Pittsburgh bands are all... They do, they, the people in Pittsburgh know how to promote a show. Yeah. It's really amazing. Yeah. Most <laughs> of those guys. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's dying here in, in, in my hometown, so hopefully there can be a resurgence soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's go ahead and, and play the game now, and you both can have separate answers. I don't have to have the same answers. But here we like to play a game called Collab, Tour, and Replace. So the way this game works is I'm going to give you guys three bands, and you are going to pick a band that you would love to re- collab with, whether it be you on their album or a member of the band on y'all's album. A band that you would like to tour with, and of course, a band that you would like to replace. Now, replacing them means you take all of their accolades, and you are now that band. Um, 
not oh. taking their not, not taking their music, but you take their fans and all everything they've accomplished. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want that to be flawed. So the bands that I picked for you guys today, which I'm pretty sure you can guess uh, the majority of them, but we're going to go ahead and pick Tool, Pink Floyd, and Intronaut. So I don't know if y'all have heard of that band before or not, but you guys I have. Like, I just haven't listened to them for very much. Uh, okay. Yeah, I've seen them on tour. They've opened them, for a lot of bands I've seen before. I saw them open for Tesseract. They were really good. I just never like went and listened to their stuff. I feel like that's what Intronaut gets with a lot of people. It's like they're like, yeah, I've heard of them, but I never dove deep. <laughs> like, well, are they not? Inst- are they instrumental? Uh, no, no, they do have a vocalist. Oh. Yeah. Huh. See, that shows you how much. <laughs> uh, well, obviously, tour with Tool. I don't, I don't need to collaborate with Tool. <clears throat> Although, if I got to play the solo in JMB like Billy Strings did on Wednesday, that would be pretty. Fun. <laughs> Although I'd never play a solo as good as Billy Strings. That shit was ridiculous. Yeah, he's oh phenomenal, God. man. Wow. Um, so, yeah, definitely Dream has always been dope. Uh, I guess collabing with Intronaut would be fun. Um, I don't think collabing with Pink Floyd would be very fun. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do we get a pick an era of Pink Floyd? <laughs> or just sure. like, maybe, like, because I, you know, collabing with David or with rick or with nick would be awesome i would not want to collab with roger very much um yeah i would i would take all of pink floyd's accolades are you fucking serious yeah playing in fucking <laughs> a playing shows on oil barges for crowds on the shore like yeah i'm gonna steal their accolades that sounds great i want that <laughs> dang um I don't want to go the same as Ben, but I know that's pretty. It's a pretty solid argument he's got yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, because the thing is, if 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 you collab with Tool, but then you tour with Intronaut, like you're not gonna be playing stadiums. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but part of me wants to replace with Intronaut because they've opened for a lot of cool bands that I would have loved to have opened for back in the day, but. But then, like, Tool has had King Crimson. In I know. The I know. I know. <laughs> that's, wow. You, that's a good question. I like it. Um, okay, so I would... I think I'd want to collab with Tool, though. I don't know. Like, it'd be great to tour with them, but I think it'd be really fun to collab with any of them. Like, Danny would be fun to, like... Like, I don't know if... Like, everyone knows he's a great drummer, but he's also amazing at modular synthesis. Mm-hmm. Which would be fucking incredible to collaborate with him somehow on that. Yeah, just make um, yeah, so yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> um, so I, I think I would collab with him. I would, I would still replace Pink Floyd with us, and then was it tour with Intronaut? Yeah, yeah, awesome. I feel like that maybe is a little bit more realistic. Definitely, but <laughs> well, we're never gonna collaborate with Tool. Yeah. We're never gonna play Pompeii. <laughs> Anyway, fun question. Good question. <laughs> I don't think we have an answer for you.
want to thank you guys for coming by the Brutal Block. I hope this isn't the last time you guys come by and have an interview. I hope we're able to do this again in the future. And um, before we leave, I want to give you guys the floor to promote anything you guys have. I know you'll have some tours coming up. And also to let the, the fans know where they can pick up your album. Because, again, we want to support bands. So go and get a physical copy of this guy's album. I, I, I promise you these guys are not going to disappoint you. Uh, but I give you guys the floor. Oh. Yeah, the physical copies are really sick. They have all the lyrics, and there's a bunch of cool art, including the album cover, which was painted by Mike Gamble, who uh, just got his art selected to be the tool poster for Loveland, if anybody pays attention to that super nerdy shit. Um, People spend thousands of dollars on these posters because they just, like, obsess over them. Um, So Mike just sort of, like, blew up over the past few weeks, and we're super happy for him. And uh, his artwork that he made for our record is so cool. And like he actually like listened to the song Emergence like over and over while he was painting oh, it, nice. and basically like painted the song. And it's so cool. Um, we have shirts with that on it as well that look really good. We have posters. Uh, the album itself just got confirmation. The album cover is in augmented reality. Um, so if you buy the Digipack CD, you can download this app called Artivive. And then you just have to be connected to internet and you pull up the app and it uses your camera and it maps this whole 3D experience over the top of the CD, which is really cool. Nice. Uh, that was done by Misha George and he is a wizard. And um, then, so listen to source.com. Uh, if you go to the store tab, that's where you find uh, everything, all the shirts, CDs, all that stuff. Uh, if you're looking for a streaming links, the best way to do it is solo dot two slash listen to source solo dot two slash listen to source it's basically our link tree um it's got links to music videos links to the album all the links so that's that's t-o yeah not t-o yeah yeah t-o solo dot t-o slash listen to t-o source (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then tour dates we're gonna be hitting the road um we got our first show is in Lincoln on Wednesday, um, the 18th, and we're going all the way up through like Grand Rapids, uh, Madison, uh, St. Paul, Chicago, um, bunch of Ohio shows, yeah, a couple Pennsylvania shows, Pittsburgh, and then York. Yep, and then in December we do our first uh, West Coast run since COVID. Um, our our kind of bread and butter market's been the Midwest. Because um, that's where we've played the most, and that's where we've gained the most fans and stayed connected with people over the years. Uh, we were doing well on the West Coast before COVID hit, and then yeah, um, and then uh, you know we when we started getting back to touring, we wanted to just make sure everything was as easy as possible. So we've gotten through that, and we booked a ten day run on the West Coast, and it's gonna be sweet. Yeah, Reno, Eugene, um, San Jose, San Diego. Phoenix. Lots of good stuff. Farming. We're running out yeah. of time. Yeah. Listen to source.com. Thank awesome. you so much for having me. Yeah, and all the socials are listen to source or source band. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you for stopping by. I'll make sure to put that stuff in the links for everyone to check out. And awesome. I will catch you guys when y'all are on tour. I'm definitely looking for y'all to come through my town. So I'll see well, y'all we're soon. We're going to come to Texas next year. It's going to happen. Awesome. I'll see y'all then. All right. Cheers, dude. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you so much. Good to chat. Take care. And there you have it, Minions. That was the Source interview. I was super excited to do this, and I'm so happy that they 
were able to come by and spend some time with me and share some awesome information with you guys. Again, thank you, Source, for coming and chatting with me. You guys are awesome, and you're always welcome back here on Brutal Block for another interview down in the future. If you haven't checked these guys out live, please do so. They are on tour, and they are a very active band. So please go check them out. Buy their new album, Emergence, and I'm telling you guys, you're not going to be disappointed. This band is rocking and kicking ass and taking names. So again, thank you to Soars. Thank you to all the minions that continue to check out Brittle Block every Tuesday at noon. And we are still working through some things, so hopefully the interviews... We're looking at trying to put interviews out on Thursday so we don't disrupt the metal show on Tuesdays. And like I said, we are doing a lot of stuff over on YouTube as well with the, with the reactions. I haven't decided yet if we're going to put interviews on there yet, uh, but that might be something that goes up there too. But if you want to check out reactions and full episodes on YouTube, just type in Brutal Block in your search bar and you can find us. Subscribe, like the videos, comment on the videos. Let me know what bands you want me to react to, what bands should be on the show, and we will get on it. Again, thank you to all the minions. Thank you to all the bands. Thank you to Source. And thank you to Matthew Thomas of Super Cool Radio for allowing us to do this. Because without him, this show would not be possible. Without the bands, this show wouldn't be possible. And without our minions, this show wouldn't be possible. So again, we love you. Thank you. And we will see you next Tuesday at noon on Brutal Block. tuning in. The show has reached its finale. Regular scheduled programming commence.